Letter thirty four of Clarissa Harlowe, volume four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, Clarissa Harlowe, volume four, by Samuel Richardson. Letter thirty four. Miss Howe to Miss Clarissa Harlowe, Thursday, May eighteenth. I have neither time nor patience, my dear friend to answer every material article in your last letters just now received. Mr. Lovelace's proposals are all I like of him, and yet, as you do, I think, that he concludes them not with the warmth and earnestness which we might naturally have expected from him. Never in my life did I hear or read of so patient a man, with such a blessing in his reach. But wretches of his caste, between you and me, my dear, have not, I fancy, the ardours that honest men have. Who knows, as your bell once spitefully said, but he may have half a dozen creatures to quit his hands of before he engages for life. Yet I believe you must not expect him to be honest on this side of his grand climacteric. He, to suggest delay from a compliment to be made to Lord M., and to give time for settlements. He, a part of whose character it is, not to know what complaisance to his relations is. I have no patience with him. You did indeed want an interposing friend on the affecting occasion which you mentioned in yours of yesterday morning. But upon my word, were I to have been that moment in your situation, and been so treated, I would have torn his eyes out, and left it to his own heart, when I had done, to furnish the reason for it. Would to heaven to-morrow, without complimenting anybody, might be his happy day! Villain! After he had himself suggested the compliment! And I think he accuses you of delaying! Fellow that he is! How my heart is wrung! But as matters now stand betwixt you, I am very unseasonable in expressing my resentments against him. Yet I don't know whether I am or not, neither since it is the most cruel of fates for a woman to be forced to have a man whom her heart despises. You must at least despise him. At times, however, his clenched fist offered to his forehead on your leaving him in just displeasure. I wish it had been a pole-axe, and in the hand of his worst enemy. I will endeavour to think of some method, of some scheme, to get you from him, and to fix you safely somewhere till your cousin Morden arrives, a scheme to lie by you, and to be pursued as occasion may be given. You are sure that you can go abroad when you please and that our correspondence is safe. I cannot, however, for the reasons heretofore mentioned respecting your own reputation, wish you to leave him while he gives you not cause to suspect his honour. But your heart, I know, would be the easier, if you were sure of some asylum in case of necessity. Yet once more, I say, I can have no notion that he can or dare mean your dishonour. But then the man is a fool, my dear, that's all. However, since you are thrown upon a fool, marry the fool at the first opportunity, and though I doubt that this man will be the most ungovernable of fools, as all witty and vain fools are, take him as a punishment, since you cannot as a reward, in short, as one given to convince you, that there is nothing but imperfection in this life. And what is the result of all I have written but this? Either marry, my dear, or get from them all, and from him too. You intend the latter, you'll say, as soon as you have opportunity. That, as above hinted, I hope quickly to furnish you with, and then comes on a trial between you and yourself. These are the very fellows that we women do not naturally hate. We don't always know what is and what is not in our power to do. When some principal point we have long had in view becomes so critical that we must of necessity choose or refuse, then perhaps we look about us, are affrighted at the wild and uncertain prospect before us, and after a few struggles and heartaches reject the untried new, join your horns and resolve to snail on, as we did before, in a track we are acquainted with. I shall be impatient till I have your next. I am, my dearest friend, your ever-affectionate and faithful, 
Anna Howe. End of letter 34.